Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A Thursday show for you today. We'll do a few different things today. We'll get into some Jets and Giants, which we haven't done a lot of lately. We did a little last week with the Bear, but uh, we'll get into some Jets and Giants uh, combine this week. Pretty soon, free agency. Another, what, five, six weeks till the draft. So uh, we'll touch on the Giants-Jets offseason. We'll get into some division odds because Bet Rivers has the division odds, futures up. So we'll get into that. But we'll start here with basketball. As the Knicks continue to roll right towards a top maybe five pick, who knows? Uh, probably better off just keep losing at this point. They lose to the Sixers. They are now 25-37. and 37. Uh, again, they do not cover the spread, which, boy, that's a tough one. If you had the Knicks, the spread, I think, close 10.5 at Bet River Sportsbook. Final 123 to 108. Knicks led this game by 15 points, led by 7.5. Uh, that's tough. If you bet the Knicks the last two games, they were up three in the fourth quarter on Sunday, getting 8.5, 9, didn't cover, lost by 15. And same thing today 123, 108, led by 7.5, led by 15. They've actually lost the last four games they've led by 15 points. So the last time they've had a fifth, the last four times they've had a 15 point lead, they've lost every single game. That is hard to do. I mean, uh, I, I know leads can be fluid in the NBA, but to have four in a row where you lead by 15 plus and to lose every single one of them uh, is a tough one. And led by 15 tonight, eventually lose by 15. Lost six in a row. They've now 25 and 37. And I've kind of, I don't think Tibbs is a great coach. I haven't killed him. I haven't said, look, you got to get him out of here. You're probably better off with a younger coach, a more innovative coach. I wasn't a huge fan of the hire. I thought he did a really good job last year, even though there was some flukiness to it. But this is hard to defend. I mean, McBride tonight played one minute in complete garbage time. Uh, Reddish, Sims, Toppin, McBride took a combined 11 shots, as did Burks who played 30 minutes. Burks played 30 minutes, quickly played 20 minutes. Uh, Gibson, uh, he continues to roll out there, which I can't understand. Taj Gibson tonight, I'm looking it up how many minutes he played. He was out there forever. I mean, Tibbs just refuses to develop the young guys. Just refuses to do it. There's a joke on Twitter. He, he continues to develop the veterans. I mean, Taj Gibson tonight, 14 minutes. 14 minutes for Taj Gibson. 14 minutes, this is a lottery team. This is a team that's going nowhere. I mean, maybe you could say, you know what, he's playing Gibson to tank. He's playing these guys to tank. I, I don't really don't think that's the case. I think 
Uh, he's, I think he's playing these guys because he gives them. He thinks he gives them the best chance to win, which I, I think that's wrong on both accounts. I think you know maybe if you play the younger guys, you'd win a couple more games, and that's the worst thing for you. But you know, play the young guys, develop them. I can't understand in a season that's going nowhere. You're 25 and 37. You are headed nowhere. You got at the Suns the next game. This is a perfect time. You lost six in a row. Perfect time for a West Coast trip, which they are. Uh, embarking on here in the next couple days, they're at the Suns, they're at the Grizzlies, at the Clippers, who've played okay. The Knicks are just look; they're going to finish what thirty and fifty-two. Uh, maybe for once, for once, maybe you know, for the first time, basically since Patrick Ewing, maybe for once you get some luck in the lottery. You know, Barrett has played well, but I mean, a couple years ago, you were one ping pong ball, ping pong ball away from uh, from getting John Morant, who's just completely dominated the league. You end up with Barrett, who's you know a good player. Maybe he'll make an All-Star game or two, maybe, but certainly not Morant. And you know maybe that flips this year. Maybe you get some luck in the lottery. Maybe you get you know the kid from Duke or Gonzaga or something. So uh, the Knicks just can't understand it. I, I can't understand being bad and playing your old guys. It's just a weird combination of the two. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Better news for the Nets, who are getting Durant back finally. Uh, tonight against the Heat, that game is in Brooklyn, so that means no Kyrie. Heat coming off a terrible loss. They led the Bucks big. They led them late. Uh, threw away an inbound late. Ended up being a jump ball. Neither team had a timeout. It was a weird scenario. The Bucks go down. I think it was Holiday who scores. Heat had no timeout, so they miss a, miss a shot at half court. Heat end up losing the game by a point. So you're going to get the Heat tomorrow. tomorrow. Second night of a back-to-back, -back, but they're going to be in a bad mood off a bad loss. So... Uh, we'll see what Durant brings you tomorrow. Uh, again, the question with, with the Nets here, can he play enough? Can he be on the court enough? Uh, you're not going to play him probably in back-to-backs either, but can he play enough to get you into the sixth seed? My guess would be not. My guess would be not. Nets got drilled a couple times this week by the Raptors, Monday night in Brooklyn, then the second night of a back-to-back -back in Toronto. It was kind of a weird scenario. They played the Raptors twice in two days. Uh, and lost both of them. They lost by 36 at home Monday night, and then they lost by, I think it was a point on Tuesday. Their next few games here, they host the Heat uh, tonight. Then they are at the Celtics on Sunday. That should be a fun game. Then at the Hornets, at the Sixers, home for the Knicks, at the Magic, uh, home for the Mavs. So not easy. Not I mean, it's you know, you'll beat probably the Knicks. You'll beat the Magic. Sixers is tough. Hornets, who knows? Uh, again, Durant's probably going to rest in some of these games. You don't have too many back-to-backs, so uh, maybe you get Durant here more than you think because they they play from Thursday to Sunday, then Sunday to Tuesday, Tuesday to Thursday, Thursday to Sunday, Sunday to Tuesday. So there's not a lot of back-to-backs. It actually works in the Nets' favor here where you might get Durant uh, for most of these games. Now, they'll probably be cautious with him and you know go easy on his minutes. They'll probably sit out uh, you know one of these games just you know for precautions. You don't want to overdo it again I, I think that sometimes they're too cautious with the rest but uh, Nets are in decent shape here can they get out of this the play-in probably not probably not uh, the Raptors have a good what three four game lead on them here in the loss column uh, the Celtics are at the six they have a pretty good cushion here on the Nets yeah the Celtics 37 and 27 the Raptors 34 and 27 it's weird the Celtics have played three more games than the Raptors and then you've got the Nets 32 and 31. So yeah, you're four in the loss behind the Raptors for the seven. That gives you two home games to win one, but still in the play-in. And you're a good four in the loss, four and a half overall. 
behind the Celtics. And I would think the Celtics have the tiebreaker over you because the Celtics have played well here against the Nets. They beat them a couple times. I'll have to go through that. Uh, if the Celtics beat them Sunday, that'll clinch the tiebreaker for sure. So, yeah, four. I mean, four, it doesn't sound like a lot, but the Nick, the Nets have played 63 games, so 19 to play. You're four back. Can you catch the Celtics in 19 games with four back? That's, that's tough. That's really tough. Maybe you might be better off. The Cavs lost again uh, last night, so they're at 26 losses. Maybe the Cavs fall apart. You can you can catch them. Uh, just kind of doing the math here. You're five in the loss, 19 back. Could you go, I don't know, 14 and five, 15 and four, and hope the Cavs play around 500, maybe a little below, and you catch them, and, and you leapfrog somebody, uh, and you move up out of the plane it's not impossible again it's it's probably uh, likely headed for a playing scenario though for the nets which not ideal but again not the end of the world either if you got durant back healthy and you got Kyrie for the home games which seems like it's headed in that direction you get simmons at some point somewhere uh you're pretty much as good as anyone now the sixers as we saw tonight the sixers are just a force on offense harden looks great he looks thin he looks motivated him and Embiid on offense is a lot to deal with. Uh, should shape up for just an outstanding Eastern Conference playoffs. I mean, really, uh, usually a couple things. Usually the East is way behind the West. Like the West is the varsity. The, the East is the JV. That's not the case this year. The East is very good, very deep. I would say probably stronger than the West, which is usually not the case. Hasn't been the case for a while. And usually you get a scenario where one or two series in one side of the conference, one side of the bracket, maybe two or three overall in the first round are just a waste of time. Usually the first round of the NBA is a waste of time. Uh, I always scream and yell that they should have never gotten away from the best of five. If you're old enough to remember when they used to play best of five in the first round, that was good. Those series were fun. They were dramatic. There was pressure on the favorite to winning game one. It made the series you know, go by quickly. And if, you, if it was a mismatch, it's over in three games, boom, you move on. Uh, that you know, th there's a lot of bad series typically in the first round, but this year you shouldn't get really any bad series. I mean, if you got the Nets in the seven or the eight, if you got the Raptors in the mix, the Raptors aren't terrible. Uh, I mean, you could have a one eight here where it's the Heat versus the Nets, two seven Sixers, Raptors, uh, some sort of combination of what Bucks, Bulls, and then Cavs, Celtics. I mean, those are four pretty good series. Now, again, there's so much. There's, there's so little room between these teams that they, they can rejigger and who knows what the matchups are going to be. But any sort of combination between those eight teams is pretty damn good. There's not really uh, a mismatch. So we'll keep an eye on that. Nets really trying to play to get out of the plan. They get Durant back. Uh, usually I would say there's going to be a little rust. Durant won't play well right away. We'll have to see something. But as we've seen with Durant, uh, he's pretty much not human. He's... Uh, my expectations for Durant are very high, even with the, with the rust. I remember, what was it? Um, yeah, in the finals two years ago. He hadn't played forever. Comes back, boom. Just three after three against the Raptors, where he ends up tearing his ACL in the, I think it was the second quarter. But, I mean, he was on fire. He hadn't played it forever, and he came out on fire. So, I don't expect Durant to miss a beat. I think he'll come out and play great. Uh, there is no line on that game yet at Bet River Sportsbook. I'm trying to see if they just posted one. It's probably because the uncertainty with Durant and you know how many minutes he's going to play that kind of thing. Let's see if there's a lineup here yet for the Nets and the Heat. That game is going to be tonight. Big game could be a, a you know like I said a uh, a preview of a playoff series to come. Which you know it's funny the Nets could be the one seed, 
Brooklyn could be the eight. If you if you played it right now, I, I think you'd still favor Brooklyn if Durant were healthy. I think you'd have to. I think you'd absolutely have to. Nets plus three and a half, total 221. Well, I'm surprised. I, I actually like the Nets tonight. The Heat, second night of a back-to-back. Uh, I know you don't get Kyrie, but you're going to get Durant, even if it's on a minutes restriction. Uh, Nets getting points at home. I expected that to be more of a pick Maybe the Nets a slight favorite. Uh, yeah, I like the Nets tonight. I know the Heat are good. I've been betting the Heat a lot. Bet them yesterday against the Bucks. who, like I said, the Heat blew the game. They actually did cover the spread, but lost the game. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that the Nets are favored. I would expect this. Line's three and a half. I would expect it to close, you know, closer to two, two and a half. I think people are going to see Durant and bet the Nets, uh, which is kind of what I'm doing, I guess. I guess that's a little square, a little simple, but uh, I just think, you know, you're getting Durant back, you're home, you get all those shooters, there'll, there'll be some juice in the building. There's not always juice in that, that Barkley Center, but you'll get some juice in the building tonight. So, should be fun. Durant is back. One thing that's not back, unfortunately, is baseball. Last time we talked, it was Tuesday. I was feeling optimistic. You know, it's funny, on Monday, I said, you know what, it's probably, we're not getting 162. There's going to be some sort of shortened season. Uh, and I was not feeling optimistic. The reports Monday night. Now, maybe this was just reporters leaking it to the owners. So when a deal fell through, people blamed the players. Maybe the owners were just trying to get the fans' hope up. I, I think that's what it was. Um, Tuesday, I was feeling pretty good. It sounded like there was going to be a deal. John Heyman, Race, and all these guys were reporting, you know what, they're not that far apart. They've come this far. There's, You wouldn't think they'd come this far without getting a deal. All signs point to go. All signs point to Yes. But, of course, that was not to be uh, just a bad luck for the MLB. Bad luck for bad luck for Manford to be up there, you know, 5 o'clock on Tuesday. First of all, he's laughing. Everyone, if you're a baseball fan, you're you're sick to your stomach. You're pissed off, especially doing what I'm doing. You know, it's going to be hard for me. Not hard because we'll still have the draft. We'll still have, you know, football previews. We'll still have NBA. But I need content. I need baseball. So, for me, it's really uh, – it's it, uh, – punch to the stomach to see these games get canceled then Manfred's up there laughing and joking around uh he just comes off like an awful awful person nobody likes him uh you can't find one good one person to say one good thing about him uh it just seems like just the worst the worst kind of person uh Manfred I mean basically his approval rating is zero I I you never when do you ever hear say somebody say you know who's not that bad is Manfred or you know who I really like is Rob Manfred he's Everything he's done with baseball has been bad from the rule changes. Uh, and that was one of the rule proposals. I don't know how this became a sticking point or how this even got brought up. They were going to increase the base size. They were going to make the bases larger. They were going to ban shifts and they were going to add a pitch clock, which I don't know how this, what this has to do with any of the issues in terms of the money, which is what they're fighting over. I don't get that at all. You're going to make the bases bigger and you're going to add a pitch clock. I mean, that that's really what we're talking about here. So, uh, not good. We're going to miss some games. Uh, my guess is May, sometimes, you know, mid-May. Again, that's just a guess. I, I don't think these guys are greedy or stupid enough to... It, it's one thing to fight over some of the money. It's another thing to fight to the point where you lose all the money. Because if you don't play, nobody gets any of the money. And it's just a lot of money to be lost. So, eventually somebody will cave. My guess is the players will cave. I, I don't know when. Again, my guess will be May, mid-May. Not thrilled about it. Uh, I would love 162, but you know what? If we get 130, 140, we'll all live with it. And I guess the bright side is the shorter the season, the more that you know really opens things up for an underdog, long shots. 
Uh, we've had Jason Weingarten on this podcast say, you know what? I bet the Orioles 200 to 1 to win the division because who knows? Maybe we get an 80 game season and you get an 80 game season, crazy things can happen. Uh, he bet the Nationals, I think, 50, 60 to 1 to win the division. Same theory. Hey, short season, anything can happen. So, you know, most home runs, MVP, Cy Young, win the division, all these things become kind of wide open the shorter the season gets. So, that's the one benefit of it. I mean, I'm not going to come on here and say I'm never going to watch baseball. I'm sure there are people. You know, that's a good question. Are there people that are never going to watch baseball again because you're going to miss a few games in April? Let's say you miss a month here in April. Is that going to really turn people off to the point where you know you're never going to watch baseball again? Maybe some people. Maybe some people. I, I think it was actually a good sign. I was on Twitter during Manfred's press conference, and the fact that people are pissed off is actually a good thing. It shows at least some people still care, which you kind of worry about. You look at the ratings, you know, there's really no juice for baseball on a national level. You watch, uh, you know, ESPN. It's funny. ESPN at 5 o'clock, as the MLB is canceling opening day, ESPN is talking about Carson Wentz. Will he be the starter opening day for the Colts? It's like, is baseball that far off the radar? I mean, it used to be baseball and football were at least neck and neck. I remember, you know, early, mid-90s, uh, it was at least close. I mean, now it's not even, uh, it, it's like uh, an afterthought. I mean, we're talking about Carson Wentz, opening day starter for the Colts. You're canceling opening day. Can we talk about baseball? Oh, it drives you nuts. Drives you nuts. But we'll get baseball at some point, I would think, whether it's late, late April, early May. Hopefully it doesn't drag into June. Boy. Picture, picture me. Picture your boy sitting here, you know, end of June. The finals are over. No basketball. Football's months months away. I mean, what what am I going to talk about? I'm going to be sitting here about you know talking about who's going to play free safety for the Jets, who's going to play right tackle. Uh, you know, who, who. let's talk about Jets kickoff return next on the New York City Cast. I mean, that's what it's going to come to. My goodness, they better get this figured out. I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll get through it. I'll get through it. Boy, that's uh, that's a rough scenario though. Hopefully, they figure it out soon. Again, probably. It, I think some of the offshore sites put it up where it's like 120 games as they put as the over-under. You know, would you settle for 120 games right now? Hey, you're going to miss all of April, most of May, but you're definitely getting it back late May, early June. Would you settle for that? Would you sign for that right now? I think, boy. I think I would just knowing that I would have it just to put my anxiety, put my fears at rest and say, you know what? You're getting 120. You'll get it. Just knowing I'll have it, I think I would take that. Uh, ideally, I'd like it a little before June. I'd like a little more than 120, but not sure. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know, and I don't think that anybody knows. So, pretty confident we'll get it when we get it. And I'm not sure, but the sooner the better. So that's baseball. That's the NBA. When we come back, we'll do a little football. What are the Jets going to do in the off season? What are the Giants going to do in free agency? Will they trade Barkley? Should they trade Barkley? That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. It's been a trip going to New Jersey to place your online sports bets, but those days are over. Legal online sports betting is now live in New York with Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Sign up right now. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Get an account and start making your bets right here in New York. You even get up to a $250 match on your first deposit. That's Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Must be 21. Playable New York only. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369.
All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Oh, let's do a little football. We haven't done much of the local teams uh, this offseason. Did a little with Mike Sando, big picture stuff, back two, three weeks ago. You can go check that out. Uh, he was really good. Mike Sando of The Athletic. Uh, did a little with the Bear Friday, Chris Felica. Uh, some stuff on the draft, the Jets, the Giants. Uh, he's a big Jets fan, so if you want, you can check that out. But we'll do a little bit now uh, as... The Combine is here, so pretty soon free agency. Um, and, and some newsy stuff just in terms of the Giants here. Uh, they've gone on the record saying they are not interested in trading Barkley, which, um, I mean, it's not probably not true, but it, it's the right approach. It's the right position, and, and they'll probably end up keeping him just because after the great rookie year of 2018, he's just been hurt. He's not been productive, so you know, you're not going to get a lot for him. I mean, you could make the case, hey, you know what, just move on. Call it a loss, get what you can, and just kind of move on that way. But it's probably just not worth it. Even if it's a 15, 20% chance that, you know, he revitalizes his career and becomes the Barkley we saw as a rookie, you're better off just keeping him instead of selling low. And, you know, you trade him to the Chiefs for a fourth or fifth round pick and he looks like the Barkley of 2018. You look like an idiot. You're just going to look so stupid. You're going to have such regret. Better off, even though it's a small chance, you know what? Let him play. Uh, you know, there's no point selling low. Maybe, might as well just take a chance and let Barkley see if he can be uh, the Barkley that you know was coming out of college, coming out of Penn State, that they took second overall. Again, that was probably not the best pick. Nobody takes a running back that high anymore. It's kind of a ridiculous thing to do when you need a quarterback, when you have a bunch of needs. And if you're picking second in the draft, you do have a bunch of needs. But uh, no point in just, you know, getting rid of him, selling him for nothing, I think, at this point. That would not make a lot of sense so the Giants say you know what we have no interest in trading them they're going to take that position where unless you blow us away with an offer now look if you gave a, a one even if you give a two for Barkley that would probably get it done I would think for the Giants I'm not saying you don't trade them no matter what but uh, I'm not looking to just give them away just you know the risk reward is probably not worth it to just give Barkley away but uh, that's the Giants scenario they have a bunch of picks and it's funny the Giants and Jets are in similar position because they both have a ton of picks here uh, in terms of the draft, the Giants have obviously 5, 7. They also have 36, 67, and 80. Uh, that's one thing it kind of gets overlooked. It's obvious, but I do think it gets overlooked when you have a high pick and you're a bad team. Not only do you pick whatever top 5 in the draft, but you get a high pick in every round. So you get a top 5 pick in the second round, the third round, uh, assuming you kept all your picks. and that, that That's valuable. Uh, that's valuable. That 2 is more like a 1. That 3 is more like a 2, and so on and so forth. So the Giants have what, five picks here in the top 80 to get something done. Uh, the Jets also have a bunch of picks with the Adams trade. They have four, they have 10, they have 35, uh, and they have 69, which is nice. So the Jets, the Giants, both in, in good shape here just in terms of draft capital. If they want to move up, they can. Probably need a lot of things, so you wouldn't think they'd move up, but hey, you know, the last year they saw Vera Tuck at guard. They liked them. They moved up. They got him. Uh, if you like something, if you see something like, you have the flexibility, you have the draft capital to do so. In terms of cap space, they're in very different situations. Uh, Joe Douglas said today the Jets who have a projected like $50, $60 million in cap room basically said, hey, just because we have the cap room, don't expect us to go crazy here. He pointed to the Bengals who you know, didn't go fishing in the deep end of the pool, swimming in the deep end of the pool, whatever the analogy is that I just bungled. You know, they went small. They got Hendrickson. They got a couple, you know, Awuzie. They got a couple bit places here and there. They got the B-level, C-level guys. They didn't go jumping in and buying the high 
price ticket items. That's not the direction they went last year. That's probably not uh, the direction the Jets are going to go this year. Uh, even last year, the Jets you know, got Corey Davis. They went for smaller guys, more reasonable contracts, uh, which I think is the way to go. Usually, you know, the first couple days of free agency, it's the big names. It's the big contract. A lot of times that can be fool's gold. You know, you're spending a lot of money on a guy who's obviously he's on his second contract. He's in his late 20s. Sometimes he's closer to 30. Uh, you know, his, his best days are usually probably behind him, and you're spending a lot of money early in free agency. Where, you know, teams like the Patriots, teams that, that know what they're doing, tend to wait, let the market settle, kind of pick their spots, see what's not what's left over, but go more for fit than the big splash. So I don't think you're going to see them go after you know the Adams for a, a ton of money or any of these big ticket items. Uh, I, I don't see that from the Jets, especially. Uh, a couple things. You're not one or two players away. You're building. You're not a contender this year. If you could inch towards 500, it'd be a great year, a huge step forward. So I don't think they'll go for that finishing piece. I think they'll go for shorter deals, more reasonable contracts. Uh, the Bengals model of last year where, you know, the, uh, the the second and third tier guys that fit, that you get bargains on, I think that'll be the direction the Jets go. Uh, just because I don't think they're very close to winning. They're not very close to winning. Plus, they've gotten burned with these contracts. I mean, they got burned with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they got burned with, what was it, Tremaine Johnson, the corner they gave a ton of money to. Uh, Lawson they gave a ton of money to. So I, I don't see them going to spend a, a ton on some of these big-ticket guys. I think they'll be uh, a little more careful. The Giants, on the other hand, while the Jets have $50, $60 million in cap room and trying to figure out how they're going to how they're going to spend it. The Giants are basically it sounds like going to take a machete to their team, take a, just an axe to the roster. They cut Rudolph today who uh is shot. He's washed up. I mean, he was a good player, but he's he's pretty much done. That's not a surprise. They cut Booker who that saved him a couple million dollars. Uh he was actually pretty productive for him last year, but you know, you can get a running back third, fourth round in the draft for cheap. You can get a younger, cheaper, so they cut Booker, they cut Rudolph. Sounds like Bradbury might stay and restructure his contract. Uh, they'll probably cut Blake Martinez off the ACL injury. That'll save him some money. Uh, they'll cut Shepard. That'll save him some money. Question is, do they cut Gallaudet? You can save, I think, $8 million or something if you cut Gallaudet after June 1st. Now, it'd still leave a big chunk of dead cap money, but it would save you some money. So that's you know, a question the Giants have to answer here. Will the Giants uh, keep Gallaudet or will they cut him to save money but they got a, a lot of work to do to get under the cap Shane when he took over said obviously it's a big priority getting under the cap uh, just getting that sort of situation organized maybe you have to take a step or two back before you take a step forward uh, this is going to be a long term build with the Giants Shane and, and Dable this is not going to be a one and done this is not going to be two and done they're going to give this guy I would say, these two guys I would say at least three years minimum barring an abject disaster these guys are going to get a good three Three years. I mean, four is pushing it. If they're a disaster after three, you know, they're not going to get a fourth year. But I would think barring something really, really disastrous, barring something really bad, I would think Dable gets three years. Hell, they wanted to give Judge a third year. Judge basically sunk his own ship by mouthing off after these press conferences, running QB sneaks. I mean, Judge was going to come back for a third year if he didn't mouth off after that Bears game. He, he was going to. If you read the the uh, you know the press conferences, you read the tea leaves, they were going to bring Joe, Joe Judge back. They just were. It just became a situation where it was too untenable to bring him back. He, he became a, uh, you know, a punchline after that Bears game. Then the QB sneaks, the empty stadium, uh, you know, scoring six points a game basically the last two months of the season. The Giants basically became 
uh, a joke, which is why you couldn't bring Judge back. But they were going to bring Judge back. The point is that this Giants organization is patient. So uh, Dable, Shane, they're in it for the long haul. They'll cut room here. They'll cut cap here uh, to get organized and then go from there. I could see them being better, though. I could see Dable getting a lot out of Jones. I have a lot of respect for Dable as a coach. We saw what he did with Allen. Not, I don't know how much credit you give Dable, but you got to give him some. I think you, know, you just talk to people, listen to people around the league. Dable is very highly, regard, uh, highly regarded, as is Shane, as is the GM. So I could see the Giants. Now, we'll get to these odds here. Bet Rivers has the division odds up, which are interesting. Uh, Giants are 7-1. to one. I guess we'll just go through these now. Cowboys minus 150 for the NFC East. Eagles plus 350. The Washington Commanders, which, boy, that's going to take some getting used to. Just saying the Commanders here. The Commanders are 6-1. to one. The Giants are 7-1. to one. Giants are interesting. Like I said, I, I think they, they could be better. I could see them competing to be 500, maybe a game over. I think it's more realistic. Like If you told me the Giants made the playoffs as the last wild card, I, I'd be slightly surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, seven to one. I, I would like a little more. You know, would you be absolutely shocked if the Giants went eleven and six and won the division? That's probably a stretch. That's probably a stretch. But I could see. You know, first of all, you got to keep Jones healthy. But I could see if Jones is healthy. You know, you got some receivers. Maybe Barkley, a year recovered from the injury, looks like Barkley. The defense is good. Uh, the defense isn't great. You could use a pass rusher, but hey, if you get a pass rusher, this defense has the the ability to be elite. And they played well down the stretch. I think human nature is, you know, you got sick. Of, if you're the defense, you get sick of the offense basically giving you nothing. And it was, you know, you're on the field the entire game. Eventually, you're going to break and your numbers are going to look uh, a little worse than they would normally, you know, if you had a competent offense. But the Giants just had nothing with Glennon, nothing with Fromm. And the defense got worn down at times. You look at the numbers, they're not great. Some of them are good, not great. But again, there's some strengths on this team. McKinney's a good player. If you get a pass rusher, this could be a really good defense. Uh, going forward so I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants you know compete for a wild card I wouldn't be shocked if they're a little better again they've got some draft picks some draft capital here so they can maneuver around that but they are going to have to you know tear down this roster a little bit which could be an issue so you, you kind of want to see what you got here with the roster who they add who they uh, take off the roster who they who they could move on from before you go too crazy I don't love the seven to one but I do think the Giants have a chance to be a little bit better next year under Dayball the Jets, let's look at the AFC East. Bills are minus 250. Pats are plus 350. Uh, Dolphins, 7-1. to one. That's a little high for the Dolphins, although I don't love Tua. And, uh, the new coach, it's hard to imagine the new coach being as good as Flores, although uh, a lot of people rave about him as, as an impressive, offensive, young-minded type of guy. Uh, one of those next Shanahan, McVay kind of guys. He's If you've heard him in the press conference, he's a little strange. He doesn't look like a football coach, doesn't talk like a football coach, but... Uh, that could be interesting. Dolphins at 7-1 to is not terrible. Again, the offensive line is an issue. But they got some receivers. They got a pretty good defense. That's not awful, Miami 7-1. to And then the Jets are 20-1 to to win the division, which I've seen people make the comparisons between the Jets and the Bengals, you know, second-year quarterback uh, in Wilson. The Bengals had a second-year quarterback last year in Burrow. The Bengals were also 20-1 to to win the division last year. The Jets are 20-1 to to win the division this year. So does that mean the Jets are going to the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, it does. The Jets are going to the Super Bowl. No, I I, I don't know. I, I would have a hard time seeing the Jets. I'm not a believer in Wilson. I'm not a believer 
in Salah. Uh, I would think the Jets, like I mentioned, they got a bunch of picks. I would think they go heavy, heavy defense here. It's a defensive coach. Uh, they were 32nd in a lot of categories on defense, whether it's yards allowed, points allowed. Um, it just a, a dreadful, dreadful defense that was just gashed week after week. So you would think the Jets would go heavy defense, but you know they got plenty, plenty of issues here uh, to address. So when you have all these picks, I, I think the Bear made the point last week. Hey, it's pretty simple. Look at your board. Whoever's the best available player, you pick because you got plenty of holes. Uh, just throw a dart and you'll find a hole on this roster. So those are the AFC East odds. Bills minus 250, Pats plus 350. Bills are a heavy favorite. Dolphins 7-1, to Jets 20-1. to uh, Pats plus 350. Yeah, I mean, they almost won it this year. Uh, on one hand, the Pats almost won it this year. They had, what, a one or two game lead pretty late. On the other hand, look, we all watched that playoff game and the Bills basically beat the Pats by 100 points and scored every time they had the ball. So... There is still a gap between the Bills and the Pats. Now, maybe year two with Mac, you, know, you, you fill some pieces on defense. You get a little better at the skill position. Uh, you get Belichick at plus 350. So, yeah, I wouldn't lay it here with the Bills minus 250. I mean, if you ask me to just pick who's going to win, obviously I'm, I'm probably going to say the Bills. But just in terms of what's a good bet, what's a good value, Pats plus 350, eh, would like a little more, but that's not terrible. Dolphins, 7-1. to one. Not a believer in Tua. Don't like the offensive line, but uh, Waddle, Parker, some good receivers. Will Fuller, who if you if you can ever find him and get him onto a football field. Uh, did Fuller play at all last year? I got to look. I don't think Fuller played at all last year. He never plays football. Never plays. And Parker's hurt, and Waddle's had injuries in college, but that's a good receiving core. Not a fan of Tua. They need a running back. They're pretty good on defense. We'll see about the coach. Uh, Miami 7-1 to is not terrible either. Jets 20-1. to no thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. Also, Super Bowl odds, if you want to get a little frisky here. Uh, Jets are 100-1 to to win the Super Bowl, 50-1 to to make the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to pass. The Giants, 25-1 to to reach the Super Bowl, 55-1 to to win it all. Again, I think they'll be better, but uh, those are not numbers that would tempt me. All right, thank you guys for listening. A little bit of a different show today. No guests. Just did a little solo. Did a little baseball. Jets, Giants, update on baseball. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of everything. NCAA tournament is creeping up. Some of these conference tournaments. So we'll do more college basketball than we normally do. And we don't do a ton of college basketball on the show. But with the tournament coming up, hey, you're going to be filling out a bracket. I'm going to be filling out a bracket. So we'll get ready for the tournament. Uh, next week or so, we'll start to do more NFL, free agency, draft. Keep an eye on baseball, the NBA, all that. So we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 